around in this great big city. Fast money and the life will never show you no pity. Oh, I work hard trying to make my bones. But times have changed and I just got to move. I can't run away, I can't run away, I can't run. Good evening and welcome to Writer's Six of the Trade. My name is Denny Griffin, and tonight I am very excited about my guest for the show. Uh, Benny Curto, when he was a boy, he was routinely subjected to sexual abuse by his own father. And after suffering the abuse for years, he finally rebelled and stood up to his father, and the abuse stopped, but left its emotional scars. Vinny was a fighter, though, and he overcame the obstacles in his path and went on to win the Super Cruiserweight World Championship. His story is one of survival and subsequent victory. Vinny, welcome to Writer 6 of the Trade. It's great to be here, and hello to everybody out there. Uh, where there's and, a will, there's a way. I'm no quitter. I never quit, um, and I never gave up. And if anyone has a comment or a question for Vinny, would like to call in, you can reach us at 646-478-0982. That's 646-478-0982. And in the interest of full disclosure, I want to state uh, right up front that I'm um, working with Vinny on uh, his life story, the book, and it's uh, probably a little over halfway finished, I would guess. So I'm somewhat familiar with Vinny's story, and I expect to learn more tonight because I think we're going to be talking about some stuff I haven't heard yet, uh, and I'm looking forward to that. Vinny, after you got out of the boxing business, you ended up then uh, doing some writing, uh, didn't you? Yes, I um, I met a friend of mine, uh, a real gentleman. I was knocking on doors. I was going. Uh, I was given. I wrote. I wrote what I thought was a script. You know, my structure and my uh, di- my structure and my di- my structure was bad. And my dialogue was out of this world. And I thought. I thought. You know, if 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 I get somebody to read it that knows anything about the film business, right, that I might get a shot. And I was and I was knocking on doors, given my my scripts. It was all papers. It was in written form, like handwriting, right? I give them a letter, so I protect myself. So I get to this one place called Propaganda Films, and I knock on you know I knock on the door. They they buzz me in. I and there was a guy standing there, and there was a lady says, uh, "Can I help you, sir?" I said, "Yes, I have a, a movie script. I'd like to, uh, one of the producers here to see it." And she said, we don't take un- any unsolicited materials here. I said, well, I said, it's not unsolicited. Here's a letter from me and who I am. I'm a former boxing champion. And uh, I think I think um, uh, the story's, you know, the story has tremendous merit. It's going to help a lot of kids, you know, if you'd look at it. She says, I'm going to tell you one more time. Uh, we don't take un- any unsolicited materials here, so would you please uh, I'll leave, right? So I said, young lady, I said, you don't understand. I've been knocking on doors, walking to this town for the last three, four years. You know, I said, I said, and and 
this story has to be told. I said, it's going to save a lot of kids' lives. She said, yeah, that may be so, but not here. And she calls, and all of a sudden some guy comes up, a guy named Greg Gold. God rest his soul, he passed away. He says to me, he goes, uh, you want to know what? I can see your struggle. I can see in your face. I can see in your eyes. He says, give me, give me, give me, give me the paperwork. He says, give me that letter to protect yourself. He says, I'm going to read this. He says, and when I read it, he says, he goes, let me tell you something. He goes, I'm going to be very, very critical because I am with a lot of the stuff. I do that here. I am with a lot of the stuff here. He says, he says, he says, but he says, I think you deserve somebody to look at your stuff. I said, I can see in your eyes, your face. He says, I, I understand where you're coming from. And so I said, I, I really thank you. So I gave it to him. I gave him a letter. And I left. Three, three, uh, two months went by. I said, eh, that, was, that was nuts. All of a sudden, I get a phone call. And a guy calls me up. He says, uh, Vinny, is that you? I said, that's me. He says, well, th- this is Greg Gold. Do you remember me? I says, not vaguely. I said, uh, where do I know you from? He said, well, he says, I, I told you I would read your script. I said, wow, buddy, I, I thought it was over. I thought you just just humored me, you know. He said, no, no, no. He says, um, I need you to meet me at a place called Insomnia Cafe on Beverly Boulevard in Los Angeles. I says, uh, I know what that is. He says, meet me there, and uh, I want to talk to you. I have two other gentlemen I'm bringing. So I get there, and um, he wasn't there. All of a sudden, he comes in. Uh, one one guy with long hair, uh, with glasses, you know, had sunglasses, and another guy was there, and I'm a young guy, and I looked at him, so I said to him, I said, okay, I said, do you like my script? I said, where do we go from here? He goes, well, he goes, I'm going to tell you, he says, it's, it's amazing. This gentleman here, Larry Golan, he says, um, was doing you know, doing some work for Robert De Niro, and he read your paperwork that you left, which is not, you know, the structure is terrible, and everything, but they read the dialogue, they read the story, and they liked it, and Bobby De Niro read it. And he liked it, so we're gonna, I said, you know something? This is bullshit. Thank you. Give me my damn script. I said, you know, yeah, everybody, yeah, 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 yeah. Bobby De Niro liked it. All of a sudden, the guy, the guy looks at the guy with the, with the long hair and the sunglasses. He goes, Bobby, tell him. He was sitting right there. That was him? Yeah, yeah, sunglasses on. He had his hair. I, I, I looked, I looked. He goes, oh, no, no, no. He says, uh, that script, he goes, it's a great script. He says, I really like it. Uh, we can do a lot with it. He said, you just got to give us some time. He's. I'm gonna put you. I, I. I was like, unbelievable. That was amazing. Then, uh, they found the guy. They found the guy that put up twelve million dollars. Uh, we were gonna do the film. They built the sets. We were on. The, we were rehearsing the first week, and um, all of a sudden, the the, the teamsters started breaking down the sets, screaming, yelling. They they even had they even had a fist fight, and one of them came at me. And I told him, I said, buddy. You might, I hope you looked at the story Is that about a fighter. Don't throw a punch at me, buddy. Believe me. Anyways, he said, he goes, yeah, we didn't get paid. I said, well, I, I said, well, you know something? If that's the truth, I said, I'm the one who got hurt worse than you. This is my story. So I checked into it, and the, the owner, of the, uh, the CEO of the Pancake House, supposedly, they, they say, um, he put up $12 million, then he dropped dead of a heart attack. I wanted to probate, right. and everybody had schedules. And that's the way it was. And so that, I, you know, I, I, I got back. I'm back on my uh, on the road again, and, and uh, giving out scripts and hoping something happens. And I may have <laughs> I may have connected recently, um, 
but the, one of the same people and 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 another company. Well, good. I uh, I kind of started off backwards here, going going to what you're doing currently. Now, let me uh, let me get back to the beginning and talk about you, and uh, and what led you uh, to where you are. What you just talked about. Now, you were you were born. Uh, you're from Massachusetts, right? From Boston. Yeah, from Boston, Massachusetts. Yes. And um, and go ahead. Tell tell us a little bit about your family life. How, you know how big your family well, was, brothers and sisters let me, and let me, parents. Let me explain to you. It's a, it's, a, it's a little difficult for me to explain, and and uh, not difficult to explain. Excuse me. It's it hurts inside, but you know, I um I've dealt with it my whole life, and and uh, I'm I'm gonna deal with it right now. Um, I'm one of four children. My mother and father both got married to appease normal societal practices. They were both gay. And what about a problem? But my father was an alcoholic, and he abused me horrifically and molested me and um, followed me when I, was, when I turned pro, followed me in my career, and I finally stopped him. It was amazing. Here I am. I'm in New York. I'm, I'm, my name's on the marquee. I'm fighting the middleweight champ of the world, Rodrigo Valdez. And I'm in a suite at the Statler Hilton Hotel, and my father's trying to molest me. And he's banging on the door, banging on the door, banging on the door. This is when I stopped him. I said to myself, I said, I can't take this anymore. I don't know. And, and usually when I was a kid, when he would abuse me, I, my water would let go. I would, I would, I would uh, urinate in my pants. And that's what happened in, in, the, in the room. My, my, the, my, I, my water let go, and I, and my, and I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I'm fighting the middleweight champ of the world. I opened that door. I picked him up over my head, and I threw him in a chair. I said, you ever bother me again, I'll kill you. And he never bothered me again. And I said to myself, I wow. looked at him. He was, he, was a, he, was a, he was like this, this you know, this found out disgusting heap you know and i said to myself that's all it took that's all it took and i went for years and years and years of his punishment years and years and years of his abuse years and years and and, and it was, i was scared it's my father i have to you know that's my dad and uh, i have to you know listen i don't know if, and then if he yells he wants to beat me up but he used to brutalize me he he fractured my skull a couple of times. I, I was in the hospital a couple of times. The police came to the hospital and uh, interviewed me, and they said, uh, "Can you tell us what happened, Mr. Colonel?" I said, "Yeah." Yeah. My mother was there earlier, and in my ear for like an hour, saying, "You fell down the steps. You fell down the steps. If you don't tell them you fell, you, you fell down the steps, well, you're, you're not going to come home with us no more because we're not going to accept you." So I so when they, when they when they came, they asked me what happened. I said, "I fell down the steps." And my mother said, see, we told you. And the cop said, yeah, you must have fell on the steps right after him. Because she was all banged <laughs> up, too, because he beat her up, too. You know, oh, it was horrible, horrific. And, and, mm. and, you know, I can understand being gay and living, you know, it's a horrible thing when you're born gay into a family that, that, uh, you know, that that's like a lot of families, a lot of families, uh, ethnic backgrounds, that's taboo. That's taboo, you know what I mean? It's like there's, my, my son goes with guys. Oh, they, you know, they kill him. My father's yeah. father, this is no lie, my father's father would have put a bullet in his head 
if he knew he was gay. But this, wow. that shouldn't happen. That shouldn't happen. If he's gay, accept him, love him. You know, let him go somebody else's gay. You know, but, but I'm saying he was forced to have I children. And, and I was subject, as, as one of his child, children, I was subject to all this abuse and this life. But we were in a, we were in a bar room. Uh, and not then, not station. And um, I was starving as usual because he never fed me hardly. And I was laying under a bench while he was talking to the bartender, drinking. And he was saying, "Yeah, my son's the next champ." Yeah, he goes, "Well, take him upstairs if he's any good. They'll tell you." Yeah, he's this that. And all of a sudden, cut to well, there we are climbing four rickety flights of steps. And my father, at each landing, took a drink of Sigum Seven. Then we get to this big door at the fourth floor, the sliding door, with a giant racket going on behind it. We opened the door, and we fell into this beehive activity. There was two black fellas boxing, sparring. Right? There was three Puerto Rican guys hitting every bag. There was two white guys skipping rope. Beehive activity. And I really, really got triple scared because these guys were hitting hard, fast, and with precision. And the guys my father used to start trouble with in the street you know, uh, they used to beat me up real bad. They couldn't fight a little bit. You know, I was a little kid. And my father, they sat down on a rub-down table. He took a drink, and he passed out. I was so happy. It was God. And then I watched these guys, these two black fellows boxing. And then when the bell rang to end the round, they hugged each other. They kissed each other on the cheek. Everybody at ringside gave them compliments, and this light glowed within me. And I must have had this look on my face because this black fella from the other side of the ring goes, hey, kid. I said, me? He goes, yeah, you. You want to do this? I said, I would love to, but I don't have any money. He says, show up. That's payment enough. And I went every day, became narcissistic, and lived off the adulation of, 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 of those people and saved my life. And there they fought for three world championships, winning one of my final attempt. And uh, here I am, buddy. Now, Benny, uh, there came a time, I believe, when uh, you you were about 16. You were just a tad under the legal age to get in the military. But you yeah. uh, you got your father to sign off on the paperwork, and you actually joined the Navy. Yeah. Yeah, and I joined you the Navy. Na- What's that? I said you, and you ended up on the Navy boxing team. Yeah. Well, I, I, I boxed. Well, see, the tournaments, the tournaments uh, there's always the Navy, the Army, Marine Corps uh, guys there, right? you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. and uh, I had a couple of problems in the Navy. I was too young, and I, uh, I, um, I, had to leave, I had to leave it, but the tournaments stay the same. You know, when you go to a tournament, it's the Navy, the Army, the Air Force, and, you know, and then the regular civilians. And, I, and, the team, and the team, I saw, you know, the team that was in the Navy – I, I was able to continue with them uh, when you know from going to the different tournaments because I would, you know because I would win the New Englands or, or I won, I was in Florida I won the, the Florida Golden Gloves championships you know I, I beat everybody in Florida amateur and I and, and I and I'd go to the tournaments and I'd see them, see them all it was like my it was like my family you know what I mean it was like my family uh, and uh, and uh, and I couldn't I, you know I couldn't get enough of it you know what I mean yes. Um, and while you were uh, doing the the Navy boxing, yeah. uh, you met a fellow named Angelo Dundee. 
correct them on the one of the tournaments. Yeah, we went we went down to, to Miami, and the team boxed on uh, boxed the uh, USA versus Puerto Rico. And I fought a guy named Jose Colon. I'll never forget him. What a beast! What a puncher! And and <laughs> the Navy boxing coach he says he says we don't back up from anybody. He goes, you go out there and teach this guy a lesson, take control. So I went out there. I started throwing punches, and all of a sudden I hear three. Four, five. I look up and there's there's a guy with a a white shirt and black tie yelling numbers at me. And I, I wanted to tell him, could you read me the specials? Right? <laughs> and I, then I then I realized I'm on my ass. I jumped up, I jumped up and stopped boxing my behind off, using the jab, slip and slide, and making a miss and throwing combinations. And I did that the second round. And I did that the third round, and I won a unanimous decision. And and the coach Pettigrew says he goes you know something you you embarrassed the navy you embarrassed you uh, uh, embarrassed us we're glad you didn't get it yeah uh, get back in the navy because I was gonna go back in when I was uh, of age uh, you know and I was uh-huh. I was gonna fight the tournaments with them and then go back in when I was age and I and, and I didn't and Angelo Dundee comes over comes over knocks on the uh, knocks on the door while he's yelling at me right knocks on the door he comes in he goes, oh Angelo he goes and my coach the coach says to him I'm sorry Angelo we didn't we didn't perform like we should have. He goes, no, I like what I've seen in there. He said, plan A don't work, you go to plan B. Problem with most fighters, they don't have plan A. And uh, he goes, uh, he goes, here's my card, kid. When you get out of the service, he says, you come down to see me. He says, we got things to talk about. And I left. I said, my, well, uh, well, Angela, I owe it all to my coach. You <laughs> 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 uh, like that. Anyways, I went down to Miami. Now- I went down to Miami and uh, I uh, I found uh, this lovely hotel that I stayed in on the beach. It was called the Sand. It was called the the Sand Dune the Sand Dune Beach Hotel. Well, actually, I, w- I was living on the beach and uh, I was sleeping on the beach and going to the gym to train. And you know that, you have to judge the you know I I had to learn I should have learned more about the tides because. I used to lay on the beach and pick a spot, right? And and by five o'clock the next morning, I'd be I, I'd be up to my neck in water, not realizing you know the tides coming out, and you have to learn the tides. So they didn't teach me too much too much of that stuff in the navy. I guess I should have learned it, but uh, it was you know it was a little difficult. But I I show up at the gym, the fishery gym, and I train and uh, take my shower, uh, then hustle around the city, you know, uh, do odd jobs. To get to, to get work, make some money. Um, I was a I, I there's a Italian guy. He, I boxed with I boxed with this kid. Um, uh, I didn't know I you know if, you know I was looking I was hoping Angelo Dundee would look at me. You know what I mean? And uh-huh. he, he used to come in he used to come in and out, come in and out, come in and out because Ali would be going all over the place. And he had a bunch of other fighters. And 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 finally and finally he. Uh, He's, he, he, you know, he comes in the gym. He goes, "Where's, where's that kid from the Navy?" And so he says, he goes, "Here he is." He goes, "Kid, I want to see you work today. You going to box with this guy?" And so I said, "I said, fuck. He could put me in with King Kong. Excuse my language. He could put me in with King Kong." I said, "You want to know what? Uh, I, I got to show what I, what I know. I got to, I got to." So he puts me in this big, big black fella. And we started boxing. The guy started throwing a jab and popping. Him. I come over the top of the right hand, left hook, pop the guy's head back. 
And the guy starts throwing the jab against Roddy John. I, I went to his body. I suck in, I sunk in four or five hard shots. Then he fired back at me. Then I fired back at him. Then I hit him with a real good shot, bloody nose. Then he started opening up, and Angelo started screaming, No, Jimmy, no, no, Jimmy, no. And all of a sudden, they, everybody jumped in the ring. They stopped, and we were, we were fighting. They were pulling us apart. And uh, and he said, No, Jimmy, Jimmy, no. I said, Jimmy, uh, he said, Jimmy Ellis, no, no. I was, I was boxing with Jimmy Ellis, the former heavyweight champion of the world. Right, <laughs> and, and 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 I said, and, they, and he goes, I I said, I said, and, and what I did, but I said, I said, f him, I said, I didn't know who was, I said, f him, I said, keep let it go, keep it going, right, and, and then Angelo Dundee says, he goes, f f Jimmy Ellis, he says, well, he goes, listen to this guy, f Jimmy Ellis, I said, is Jimmy Ellis here? Wow, I know, is he here? <laughs> I didn't even know I boxed him. <laughs> I was so hungry, I was so <laughs> determined. And, and uh, it had, had nothing to do with his color, had nothing to do with the way he fought, but there was nobody going to stand in my way at that point in time, right? And 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 if if that was a world title shot, I would have won the world title that day because because yeah. I was so determined. Uh, not you know you know it, it was it was tough you know eating. I used, I stayed at the, one of the best restaurants. Uh, it was it, all you know the presidents used to go. to what the name of that restaurant was. Uh, it, it, it was right on uh, uh, Ocean Drive, oh, you know, not Ocean Drive, on, uh, oh, I, I forgot, I forgot that. Anyway, it was a real fancy restaurant, right? But I, I used to eat, cra- I used to eat uh, crab cakes with uh, Marlboro cigarettes. I used to eat uh, spaghetti with uh, uh, champagne. I used to eat, I used to eat, um, I used to eat, uh, what, 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 there, was a, there was a bunch of stuff. You know, I used to eat out of the garbage. <laughs> that was eat out of the garbage. I used to eat out of the garbage. And I used to, I used to get all this different, you know, the different stuff. Anyways, uh-huh. Angel, when they saw him, they pulled me apart. When they pulled me apart, they started, uh, they, they saw something. And, uh, and Jimmy Ellis said to me, Jimmy Ellis said to me, he goes, hey, kid. He said, you got to stick around. He says, you got a future. He says, he says, he goes, believe me, I don't tell that to everybody. And so I said, "Wow!" I said, "You know, I, I, I was so excited. I couldn't sleep for three days." When you know, I said, "I said, wow! I'm gonna, I'm gonna finally, I'm gonna finally get a chance to do something." And they, uh, they uh, said, "You know, I, I, I won the, I won the, the, Florida, the Florida Golden Gloves, and I, I, I stopped there. Then I turned pro. I, um, they put me in, they put me in with this guy. Uh, his name was Victor, Victor Taco Perez." He had like he had like twenty thirty fights, but you know he wasn't he wasn't real dangerous. But you know it was a good it was a good um, uh, t- a good test for a young guy with, with a lot of talent. So I went in there and I, and I and I and I stopped him in five rounds. It was a six round fight. My first fight was six rounds. I stopped him in five rounds, and then uh, I started to start climbing the ladder. And uh, he stopped you know he stopped putting me in with better fighters, better punches, and and uh, next thing you know. I get 18, you know, I got 18 straight wins. And uh, Angelo says says to me, he goes, you know something, you're ready for the big time, buddy. He said, we want to test you out. And so I said, uh, so I said, uh, when? And so it was it was interfering with the Ali fight with, in, in Zaire, Africa. So I said, Angelo, how can you be with me? You're going to, you're going to Africa. He goes, no, I got my friend, a guy named Chicky for was going to work your corner. Chicky Fry was one of the all-time great trainers, also. But it wasn't Angelo Dundee. It wasn't my father. You know, what I mean, Angelo was like my father. I loved Angelo to death. You know, I loved him so much. It was like my father, and and <clears throat> he could get the best out of me. 
him and him and this guy Chuck Kalhami, they could get the best out of me. But without Angelo in the corner, he's the one of the greatest motivators you ever want to see in your life. Just ask Ray Leonard. You know, he brought me. It's so funny. I mentioned Ray Leonard. I'm sitting. I'm sitting in the gym. I'm training. I just I just beat Terry Daniels, the guy who fought Joe Frazier for the heavyweight title. I just beat him a ten round unanimous decision. And he says, Vinny. Come with me. We're going to Miami. We're going to go see some kid. He goes, they're telling me about this kid. He says, he's real fast. He's real quick. He looks real good. I want your opinion. So I went down there. And we watched this kid. This kid could box his ass off, could punch. What a left jab. You know, that's the most important thing, the left jab. Show me a man with an educated left jab. I'll show you the champion of the world, no matter what weight class. And... This kid had an educated left jab for some young punk from Maryland, right? Anyways, what them? Angelo goes. He goes. He goes. How you doing, buddy? He says, uh, "This is Vinny Curdle. He's uh, he's a pro. He's uh, 18 and 0, and I, he, he thinks you're you're hot stuff." And so I said, "I said, buddy, I said when you turn pro, you're gonna win a world title, man." I said, "You, I said you got every. If you keep what you're doing, if you keep up what you're doing, you're gonna win the world title, buddy." I said, "I ain't never seen anybody with that kind of class." He goes, "Oh, thank you." I said, my name is Vinnie Curry. He goes, my name is Ray Leonard. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard. Sugar Ray, wow. <laughs> Sugar Ray Leonard, baby. Oh. Angelo, Angelo brought me down by himself, me and him. He goes, I don't want nobody to know. He goes, I want, I want you to look at this kid. They keep talking to me about you working with him. I, and I said to Angelo, I said, Angelo, this kid can go. He had to pull out of the tournament because he got cut. His mouth got, his tongue got cut. He bit, he bit down. His mouthpiece broke and bit down his uh, lip. And he got, but he still wanted to fight. But an uh, unbelievable boxer. And it's so funny. The other day, like three days ago, a guy comes to the Starbucks that I go to. And he says, he says, uh, yeah, I met Ray Lennon. He goes, I met your name. He goes, he went all over me. He said, he goes, he came to see me the first time when Angelo Dundee. He remembered, he remembered, you know, uh, <laughs> the, the, the happening. And he wanted to see me. So he's supposed to come down to the Starbucks where I'm at uh, this week and next week to come say hello. Oh, beautiful. That'll be some yeah. memories of blast from the past. Oh, yeah. Hey, now, Benny, you uh, you ended up now when you were uh, training with Angelo that you went to Muhammad Ali's training camp, didn't you? I certainly did. And Muhammad Tell us Ali's about camp, that. buddy, that, that was unbelievable. That was a, an experience. You you wouldn't believe. We get up. You get up. He goes, you get up 4.30 in the morning. Fighters! We're going to go do some road work. Get your ass up. Get your ass up. He'd go up, he'd throw punches at you, kick your baby. He'd laugh. He was, he was such a, he was such a, a jokester. He, he, what he would do, he, if you didn't wake up, he'd go get a mask, this ugly, scary mask, and he'd shake you, shake you, wake up. Ah! He'd scare Ali, he was like, a, you believe some of the stuff he would do. He was such a funny guy to be around. Anyways, to be to, on a serious note, um, I, I gotta say, um, I owe so much to Muhammad Ali because Muhammad Ali is the first human being that made me feel like a human being. The way I grew up and what I was going through and the experiences I had, with my family and living from and street to street, from car to car and whatever, my father, uh, Ali, Ali. Um, you know, I, I, I mentioned I mentioned something to Ali about. Uh, I says, I, you know, I, I I was in the camp and I said, uh, he says, he says, you know, he used the N word. He said, he says, blacks have been doing, been, been treaded on, and blacks have been this, and blacks. I said, yeah. I said, I said, 
I, I understand it. They had some Italians that came over from the, you know, on a boat. They were they were sitting in a restaurant. Um, uh, I mean, working in a restaurant, um, um, making less than blacks who were working in the same restaurant, right? He says, "Where'd you get that information?" He said, "What's for, he goes he goes Italians making less money than and he used the N word. He goes he goes what's wrong with you, right? He says you come to my camp as my guest and you talk stuff like that. He says who told you that? I said my father. I said he said he said I said my father had a book. He goes get your daddy on the phone. His aunt Coretta she comes out with a phone. He dials my number at my house. My father answers the phone. He goes hey old man you know who this is? Oh thank you thank you my father must have been complimenting him. He says your son tells me you got a book." Italians are making less money than blacks digging ditches back in 1930-something, whatever it was. He said, he goes, yeah, he goes, yeah. He says, give me the editor of that book. He called the editor. He had the book flown in overnight. He read the, and then the next day, he read the book. Then the next morning, he said, fighters, we're going over to the college to speak. And so we went over to this college that was near Dale Lake, Pennsylvania, and he spoke, and he answered all kinds of questions from the students. And, they, and he, and he, and he, and he, uh, you know, he, he ended, he goes, he, he says, he says, and I got to tell you, all you students, every man is my teacher. I can learn from anyone. That was quite a, well, quite a well, time does, for you, huh? Yeah, he says, he says, he says, I berated this young man because he told me that, um, that, that Italians are making less money than blacks. I yelled at him. I screamed at him. He was uh, he was right, and I was wrong. He says, and I got to tell you, he's one hell of a fighter. And I predict this guy's gonna be a world champion one day. He said, Vinnie Curtis will come up here and take a bow, and he gave me a standing go. I'll never, ever, ever forget that. And Beautiful. it was the first okay. time I ever felt like a human being. And believe me, you have no idea what I've been through. Uh, so Muhammad Ali had a lot of class. Uh, he had a lot of class. Um, I don't know what people go around saying about these guys. Oh, these Muslims. He's a Muslim, and if let me tell you something. If I have to judge Muslims by Muhammad Ali, they can live in my house. They can do whatever the hell they want with me, because <laughs> Ali was the greatest, kindest, sweetest, most caring individual you'll ever meet in your life. And he was a Muslim. Yeah. So you want to know what Islam is for me? <laughs> now. Then you, you you mentioned of course uh, Ali and uh, you mentioned Ray Leonard. Now you Ellis. also had a fight at uh, Jimmy Ellis. You also had a fight scheduled with a fellow named Marvin Hagler, also known as yes. Marvelous Marvin. Can you tell yes. us about that? Uh, what happened uh, there? No, I, 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 here I am. I left. I, I left Dundee. Uh, we we, we parted amicably, and I went to Boston for a while. And I, t- I took time. Anyway, so I started. I started uh, training in Boston, but before that, I was an amateur, and I, the Petronelli brothers trained me also, and I'm the first guy that saw Marvin. I'm the first guy that spotted Marvin many, 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 many years ago, about 1968, uh, 69, 68 or 69. Um, I'm boxing in the gym and at, at the AC Boxing Gym in Brockton. I'm training there, and um, you know I'm the big star. They love me. Uh, Goody and Pat, they were they were uh, they worked construction in the daytime. They would put us to work, and then we they make make fights, amateur fights, and we go for to the tournaments and fight. They were really great guys, 
And Tony Petronelli, my very dear, dear friend, uh, if you listen, Tony, I love you, brother. Anyways, um, they, you know, they were in the gym one day, and these four guys walk in the gym. And so they said, yeah, we want a box. And so and so Goody, Goody smiled. He goes, we're going to show these guys a lesson. He goes, yeah, okay, you can all box with him. So I get in there with the first guy. Boy, did I make him suffer. Then I get in there with the second guy. Boy, did I make him suffer. Then the third guy was a quiet guy, and and uh, he was yelling. I, 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 I understood he, he knew a little bit more than these guys. He was yelling, don't throw all your shit out. He goes, scope him out, scope him out. That's what he's saying. That's what he was saying. Scope him out. <laughs> right? Anyways, you know, he goes, he was, he was real, real, real raw. Real. Anyways, I get in with him. We started boxing. Now, mind you, back then I outboxed him. I, I, I handled him real well. But he never stopped coming. He never made the same mistake twice. And he really stood out. And we ended, we ended up in the last round, was like the fourth or fifth round in the gym. We, we were going to spot five or six. And the bell rang, and we kept going at it. We just kept throwing punches at each other. And it stopped, and and the, and, and a star was born there. Marvelous. You know, and the, the the guy goes, he goes, what the hell is your name? He goes, Marvin, sir. Marvin Hagler. And that was the first time he came to the gym. And I, and I, I and with me, if it was a decision, I would have got the decision. But but uh, he never stopped coming, never made the same mistake twice, and he had a big heart, a big intestinal fortitude. I mean, the guy the guy had all the makings, and he was a southpaw. He was left-handed, and he could he, and he could crack, and he could crack a little, and he could punch a little. And uh, I discovered him for Fatrellis. So it's so what happened what they when did you were... to me, it's, it's amazing what they did to me though. They should have never did what they did to me. And that was horrible what they did to me. I'll, I'll tell you as we go along. Okay, go ahead. I, uh, well, anyways, I when I was when I when I when I was a pro when I came to Boston, I got a contract in Boston after I left Angelo. Um and then you know, I, I got like a bunch of wins and then they made me and Marvin Hagler. And he was he was he, he wasn't even in the top fifty. I was like number one or two in the world, and they and Carlos Monzon fought Rodrigo Valdez. He beat Rodrigo Valdez. Then he retired, and the title became vacant. So Jose um, uh, Jose Suleiman called me from the WBC, uh, and and he said, "Look, he goes, they want to make you and Benny Briscoe for the vacant, vacant, undisputed middleweight championship of the world." He says, um, um, "He goes so." Get your manager. Get your manager to call me. He says. So, anyways, my manager was was promoting the Hagler fight. We sold out the first night. You know, I mean, I mean, I mean, they sold out the first, not the first night. We we sold out the first day they announced the fight. They sold out the Garden, the Boston Garden, sixteen thousand, twenty thousand people, right? Now, now, when they said when they said, um, you know, that I got the shot and uh, be careful. This was a big, big chance I was taking, a giant, giant chance. So I said, look, I said, they would do the same to me. Tell Marvin, step aside, let me fight. You know, I'm fighting a guy named Benny Briscoe, a guy I fought a draw with. You know, I'm fighting Benny Briscoe. I fought him a draw in his hometown. I, I, wherever they could put that fight, I was going to get the win. I says, I'll come back as champion, and, and, and your contract will be good, but you'll be fighting. They'll make you the number one contender. You make me the champion. I mean, I'll be the champion. I said, I said a lot more money, and, and, and uh, it means something. 
I said, just let me out of this contract so I can go fight for the world championship. Goody and Pat Patrick said, no friggin' way. Yeah, you don't fight this fight. You don't fight this fight. We're going to get you bought everywhere. And they did. That's exactly what they did. I said, I'm not fighting the fight. I'm going to go fight for the world championship. I lost a shot at the undisputed middleweight championship of the world, right? And the Petronelli brothers made sure that uh, they, they, they bought me everywhere. And it's so funny. Ali put a lot of fights. Ray Leonard put a lot of fights. Um, Larry Holmes put a lot of fights. They didn't get bought all over the world. I got bought all over the world, but except one place. Montreal, Canada. Canada. Canada didn't buy me. They didn't listen to nobody. They said, you can come up here and fight all you want, Mr. Curto. Right, and I went up there. They they welcomed me with open arms, and I got 20-something straight wins, and I got and I got re, uh, reinstated back all over the world. Uh, you know, I, I got to tell you, Vinny, as I mentioned uh, to the listeners at the start of the show, that yeah. I'm uh, working with you on your book. And yeah. I got to tell you, you mentioned Montreal. And yeah. I've I've been around, you know, my share. I've seen a lot of things, done a lot of things. But when I wrote uh, or edited the chapter about Montreal, there's a, uh, a young man, young boy, you met in Montreal, and you called him yes. Francois. Yes. And I got it. I got to tell you, uh, like I say, I've been around, seen most everything, but I was pretty choked up by the time I got done going over that chapter. Uh, why well, don't you tell uh, us a little bit about Montreal yeah. and Francois? Well, what happened was I left. I I, I left the country. I left. I left the USA, and you know they they bought me all over the world. I was unable to make a living, and so Canada said, well, "You you come up here and fight all you want, Mr. Curdle. We're not listening to anybody." The, the, the real fight guys up there. Anyways, I I walked the streets up there. You know, you know I, I I got a room. I got a room in this really sleazy place. Um, I, this transvestite I used to run it. And it's so funny. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I I can't believe you know that a gay person used to run it. You know, and and the stuff that I had to be up be up against with my father and. I, I didn't know what the hell was going on, but anyways, I got a room. This guy, the guy uh, rent me a room, and I uh, started going to this gym and boxing. And when I, I knocked on this one door, and, and it was an Italian restaurant. It's called Buffoni's Italian Restaurant. Philippe, uh, uh, I forgot the name of it. Anyways, and uh, the guy walked in. He goes, well, he goes, we're closed. We're open. I said, no, no, I'm looking for. I said, I see you need help. I said, I'm looking for a job. He goes, he goes, do you wash dishes? I said I'll wash dishes, no problem, right? And so, and so he said to me, he goes, uh, he goes, uh, my friend, he goes, uh, he goes, you look familiar. I said, oh well, uh, he goes, no, he goes, you look a lot real familiar. He says, uh, did you ever do any boxing? I said, absolutely. He says, yeah, they did a little. He goes, he goes, he goes, uh, when you were getting ready to fight, some fight in America, they did something. You, uh, you had a problem. I said, yeah, I know. It's all over the world. They try to get me bought. They try to probably get me bought. I'll probably bought up here. He goes. Uh, he goes. I don't know about that. And so he says. Uh, he goes. Uh, you're hired. You can work. You can work uh, as a uh, dishwasher. He goes. And uh, you can eat. And he says. And uh, there's a room over there. He says you can stay if you want. There's a room in the back of the kitchen. And so I said, Wow, this was so 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 nice. Anyways, the kid. The, the, there was a little kid with a bald head. He, he, had, he had a bald bald head, but he had a braid half on it. He kept staring out of the kitchen. And then and I look at him. And he, he popped back in. He kept staring out of the kitchen. I look at him. He popped in. 
I look at the, the owner, I said, who is that? He goes, oh, Vinny, that's my son. And he said, it's so sad. He goes, he said, he loved the boxing. He knows you're a boxer. So I, walk, I walked over, and I stood to the side, and when he popped his head in again, I grabbed him. He goes, ah! I said, buddy, we got to start We got to start training, buddy, you and me. He goes, oh, Vinny, I'll train. I will do this. I will do that. I will get right, I'll get in great shape. I will do it, Vinny. I will do it. I said, let's do it. We got to do it right away. So we started training. And we started training, and he and these kids, these kids in, this, in where he went to school used to uh, torture him, call him worm boy, call him this, call him that. Um, really, I said, you want to know what I went? I went to see the people in the school. I said, you want to know what? I said, see these bullies? I says, they want to be real bullies, huh? If they really want a piece of his uh, his butt, he goes, I'm going to train him. When I'm done training with him, he's going to fight. They were a lot bigger than him. Right, I said you're gonna fight them. He goes, I go, let me see how let me see how bad they are then, right? And so and so I start training him, and he started training, and uh, and and um, he used to get he used to get so high, and the, and he had so much heart, so much gut. He had more intestinal fortitude, more guts than 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 a hundred Rocky Marcianos, than than two thousand Larry Holmes. Then this kid had more heart, more guts than I, anybody I ever seen in my life, and and and. The thing I love most of it, most about it, was his love, his love for people, his love for everything. And I said, this kid, I said, he's, I said, no way in the world is that I'm not going to train to make sure he wins this. Anyways, the main guy, the main guy, was the real guy that really messed with him, right? you should, you should have seen him. You, you, you would have loved it when Francois beat him. Anyways, he gets, he walks over to the ring. We, we set up in the gym of the school, and they had a ring, and a, a bunch of people came because they're all fight fans up there. A bunch of people came and the families and stuff, right? And so, the kid, I said, I said, I, I, I told Francois in the corner, I said, this kid's gonna come out and wing. Keep your hands high. You remember, catch hit, catch hit, catch hit, counter, catch hit, counter. You know, he catches the guy hits, he catches the punch, and he counters, right? I, sh- I showed him, uh, and and uh, and uh, he did it perfectly. Anyways, the bell rings. The guy looks at his friends. They're all laughing. He walks over, put his hands down. He's like, 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 doing like a little dance, stupid dance, as he walked over to Francois. And he throws an overhand right, hits Francois, and down goes Francois. And I said, I said, I said, Francois. He looked at me. He goes, I'm okay, Vinny. I'm okay. I said, He's gonna come at you now. He's gonna come at you. I said, Put that jab in his face and drop that right hand to the body. He's gonna come at you. Get, get a fat stomach. Anyways, he comes. Bouncing over like 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 the fight's over, and he wings another shot. Francois puts a jab in his face, and he's all befuddled. He's looking around, right, and he drops that right hand in the kid's body. Boom! The kid goes down like a sounds like a blowout, right? The kid just <laughs> popped his mouthpiece, fell out of his mouth. He's rolling around. He was crying like a little you know like a little baby on the floor, twisting and turning, right? And I'm looking for Francois to grab his hand, right? And Francois on the floor, kneeling down by the kid, making sure he's okay. Oh, and I said, Francois, I said, Francois, get over here. Get over <laughs> here. He says, I says, Francois, this kid tortured you. This kid, I said, he deserves to be embarrassed for for for, for, for a year. I said, stay away from him. Get away from him. He goes, he said, Vinny, the fight is over. Wow. Vinny, uh, listen, uh, I don't know where the time went to, but we're down to our last few seconds. What I'd like yeah. to do, if it's okay with you, is kind of uh, cut this off right here and have you back on for the next show, and we'll, well continue. If, we'll I mean, pick, I, I mean, if, if it's interesting enough for your for, for your listeners, I'll be back 
with, with bells on, brother. Okay, very good. We'll we'll wrap it up here for tonight, and then uh, when you're back on, and I'll get with you and schedule a, a, a date, and we'll we'll continue with Francois because there's a lot more to this kid than we talked yeah. about. And, it was, uh, it's a it's a beautiful we'll story. I wrote the script, and that movie's gonna happen. All right, I love you. Thank thank you, brother. Okay, thanks a lot, Benny, and I'll be in touch. And, we'll and thank you, you all you listeners. Thank you, thank you, you so much. Bye. Good night, Benny. Good night. Okay, and that completes uh, our show for tonight. Uh, as promised, I will get Benny back on, and we'll uh, we'll finish up with the the Francois story and and how he got to be a world and how Benny got to be a world champion. Thank you very much for listening. Until the next time, Denny Griffin, stay safe. Good night.